Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning, Ninth Avenue. So glad that you're able to be with us today as we uh, continue in this time of worship. Uh, I just thank you for making this a priority of your morning. I- I'm excited about the idea that next week, you know, we're going to be able to get back together and be together in in-person worship. Although, uh, as as Brian or rather Jamie announced, it's going to look a little bit different next week as we have two different services. Uh, we're going to have, of course, as he announced at nine o'clock, a a high risk service for our senior members, very much like our Wednesday night. Uh, afternoon and, and night layout to where we have the first service for for our high risk members and then our second service for our young families and working members. You know, and as we've kind of talked about over the last week, unfortunately, in our community uh, here in Haleville, we're seeing a little bit of a spike in the virus. And I know that a lot of people have a lot of opinions about uh, the virus and different things. But one of the things that is most important to us uh, as a church family is making sure that everybody is safe. Then making sure that our, our older members who who maybe this is the only place that they uh, get out uh, through the week and where they're really around the more people in this time than any other that they can know that they're coming into an environment uh, that is safe for them you know we 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 are just we're just trying to do our best to to meet everybody's needs as we can and hopefully and I believe the plan is this is not going to be a long term two service thing. After we kind of ride this wave for a few weeks, hopefully we will be back together on Sunday mornings all together. So we just ask for your patience during this time, and let's just make the best of any opportunity and situation that comes before us. And most importantly, in those moments, let's keep Christ as the center of all of it, not our own thoughts and our own desires and our own wants. So uh, be, be, be mindful of that moving forward in the next week, that on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday afternoons and Wednesday nights, We'll have two different services on on each moment. I also want to um, I also want to to back up and say that Caleb and Lydia's shower is a bridal shower, not a baby shower, like uh, Jamie announced. But I will say, Jamie, you're not the first person I've ever heard make that announcement when it was one instead of the other. But uh, so. Uh, in, in two weeks, I believe that is, on the 24th, we'll have a drive-through bridal shower for Caleb and Lydia. They may be just as surprised at that announcement as uh, anybody else is. So, um, But we will. Uh, that, that'll be an announcement that we never forget, and, and those, those announcements are fun. So be, please, please make that adjustment to your announcements this morning. Before we get into our lesson, let's go to God in prayer, okay? God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for the opportunity to just be together in spirit, God. I know that that it's it's a challenging time for us as a church family. Uh, we 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 felt like we were in a place of, of moving forward, and, and and we are, God. We are we are growing as a church family, and when we're seeing that, we're seeing good things and great things happen. And and just because we've had to spend a couple of weeks apart, that doesn't change the fact that you are blessing us and you are. Uh, seeing, we're, we're just seeing those blessings on a daily basis within our church family, and we thank you so much for that, God. Be with us as we open up your word, but we open up our hearts, 
May we allow your spirit to move within us, convict us where we need to change God and, and make those changes happen in our life. We thank you for Jesus and we thank you for his sacrifice, God. May we always remember the power of that in our life. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now, if you keep your Bibles open where Dylan read from just a few moments ago, Luke chapter 14, we're going to dive in to this particular passage today. And we're going to talk about something that maybe we don't talk about a whole lot. Maybe it's something that is not necessarily um, high up on the list of things that we teach and preach on, but something I think that is very important, and, and Jesus very much teaches about it here, is the idea of humility this morning. The idea of humility. Now, if you think about our culture and you think about the world in which we live in, well, we have an idea of of, of, of position, okay? And, and positions are important. The higher jobs pay more money. You need to work to gain, uh, you know, position in your life and position in your job. But Jesus teaches something a little bit different, okay? Jesus teaches something that we might call kind of countercultural, maybe um, uh, an upside down teaching of Jesus to some degree a little bit. And, he, and he's, telling, he's telling this story. Jesus is in a situation where he's sitting in a room with all these Pharisees and he sees them jockeying for position. He sees them jockeying for position. And so he tells this story. And we'll talk a little bit more about that story here in just a moment. But at the end of this story in verse 11, he makes this statement. He says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Another way that that's said in Scripture is James chapter 4 and verse 10. And we all know this verse because it's a song that we sing very often. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. James, being the brother of Jesus, sounds a lot like his brother in those particular words. And so this morning, I want to take some time, and I want us to just talk about pride in our life and how we need to be careful with that. You know, pride very much is a problem. Pride is the idea of saying that I am the center of not just my universe, but of your universe as well, that everything that you do should do something to benefit me, and, and I'm going to, to make every effort to let you know that I am the most important. Like I said, Jesus is sitting down and he's watching these people and they're jockeying for position. Now, if you, if you were to go into Middle Eastern culture, even to today, even to today, there is a dinner protocol. And the protocol is, is how we maybe are more used to square or rectangular tables where we have a head position at the end of a table their tables are a little bit different. They, 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 their culture sits more around round tables to where you have, say, say I am the host of a party. I have my particular seat. And then say that I have invited a group of people with me. We'll just use the three guys that are with us this morning. And, and say Dylan is the most uh, important. He's the most important guest that is there with us today. And so he would sit to my right hand. And then we'll grab Brian and say, Brian is the next most important. So he'll sit directly to my left. And then following him is Jamie. And we'll put him on the other side of Dylan. And then Neil's here today. And even though Neil could cut us all off at any point, we're going to make him the least important. He'd sit on the other side of, of, of Brian. And so there is a, a way that they would sit. This is a thing that was part of their culture even back in the day of Jesus. And Jesus is sitting back. And he's watching these guys try to put themselves in a place where they think they belong. And of course, as an individual, a lot of them thought that they were the most important. And Jesus does something that only Jesus can do. And he begins to tell this parable. And, and he talks about the idea of, look, the only way that you move ahead is by putting yourself last. 
he that humbles himself before God is going to be lifted up. Now, let's talk about the problem with pride. The first problem with pride that I see is many times it's hard to see the problem in yourself. It's hard to see the problem in, your, in, your, in yourself. I, there's a lot of sins that I think are, are very easy to identify, that, uh, especially in a personal way that I can look at that and go, man, you know what, I, I see that that's a problem and I see that that's wrong. But when we begin to talk about our own self-worth sometimes, it is easy to be so blinded by our pride that we don't see pride as, as really a true problem. Now, the, the word pride also comes from the root word that we see in vanity. And, and one of the greatest pictures, and I wish I had found this, but, but I just ran out of time, but a, a Dutch painter once painted a picture of, of pride or vanity, and, and the way he depicted it was of a woman looking into a mirror, fixing herself up while Satan held the mirror. And, and it was just this idea that, that Satan wants you to feel this certain way about yourself. And Satan does that to us. Satan tries to put us into situations where we feel like we have to be better. He wants us, he wants to convince us that, that we, that, that we need to be better than other people, that we are better than other people when, when really and truly, what is again, what does Jesus say? Humble yourself, humble yourself. Pride is one of those things that I believe lurks right below the surface of our life. And sometimes we're not even aware of it until something blows up and we realize that I was the cause of that. But another problem with pride, I believe, is that it, it will always, pride will always lead to ruins in our life. The proverb writer puts it this way, Proverbs 16 verse 18, he said, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. What is inevitable at the end of this verse? A fall. We can build ourselves up so much till we get to a point to where all that's left is we're going to fall off of our very own pedestal. And you know, Satan, Satan struggled with that. You know, that, that was Satan's problem. Satan at one time was a beautiful angel of God's. And he, and he lived in heaven and he worked in heaven and he, 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 his whole life was about serving God, was to be a servant to God. But he got some, some prideful ambition. And basically what he wanted is he wanted to set himself up as a little God, and have his own things to rule over. And in Isaiah chapter 14, you can read some of this stuff, but one of the things that you see when you read this story is you see the idea of I, I, I from Satan over and over and over in this story to the point that he had enough eyes in his life, enough pride that eventually God kicked him out of his place of authority, of his place of honor, of his place of service. And ever since then, God, or rather Satan, has been trying to use this idea of, of pride to separate us from God. Think about Eve for a moment. The, the, the idea of eating the fruit, the idea of eating the fruit was really a prideful thing. It was, hey, look, if you eat this free fruit, you're going to know more. You're, you're consciously, you're going to be on a different level. You're going to be on the same level as God, and you're going to know all these things. He was appealing to that selfish, prideful part of her. And if we're not careful, he will do the same thing to us today and cause that separation between us and God. But now, that's, that's, that's the danger of, of pride. But 
Along with the dangers, this story also teaches the honor of humility. But you know, I, I don't find a lot of people asking the question, how do I become more humble? But that's, that's not a sermon topic. When you throw out and say, hey, look, if you've got any sermon ideas or class ideas, very rarely do you hear, you know, the sermon topic of how, how do I become more humble? Usually it's, you know, you hear people ask, how can I be more successful? You know, there, there's not a big section at the bookstore with full of books uh, of how to become more humble. It's how to, how to get ahead in life, how to be more successful, how to climb the corporate ladder, all of these things. But humility is actually a wonderful honor. Think about that. Humility is actually a wonderful honor. Proverbs 29 and verse 23 says, A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit retains honor. So let me share some characteristics with you that maybe helps you understand this a little bit better. True humility is seeing myself as God sees me. True humility is seeing myself as God sees me. Now, this is a tricky, this is a tricky idea because humility is not having poor self-image or, or thinking that you're worthless, okay? But it's having an honest evaluation of who you are and, and what describes you. Now, I want you to think with me for a minute, okay? On one hand, as, as, as a person alone by myself. Now, you know how I feel about this, this idea of defining ourselves as a sinner versus a Christian. And this may sound a little bit contradictory to that, but I want you to follow me because we're, we're going to get to it. On one hand, by myself, on my own, I am nothing. Okay? My human desires will always win when it's just me by myself without God. And in that way, if I'm not careful, I can be defined by my sins. On the other hand, I am also a child of who? I am a child of God. And we have to find the balance of that in our own reality. Paul writes in Romans 7 about what a wretched creature that he is who cannot refrain from sin. He says the good things he wants to do, he doesn't do them. And the bad things that he doesn't want to do, he does them. We all understand that struggle, that back and forth. We understand that. And, and, and some people would say, what a picture of failure. But in the very next chapter, he writes about how we are deeply loved children of God, heirs to God with Christ. Now, was he confused? I don't think so. I think he understood the balance. He writes in Romans, he says, I know that nothing good lives in me. That's Romans chapter 7. But then in Romans chapter 8, he says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Another way to look at that is to remember that Jesus says in the book of John, without me, you can do nothing. That will, that'll prevent pride, won't it? To realize that without God, we can really accomplish nothing. Yet the Bible also says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens or empowers or loves me, depending on your translation. That keeps me from emotional failure and it, and it encourages me to try to do and serve in the sight of God. So without Jesus, we are nothing. But in Christ, we can do all things. That is humility. But true humility is also revealed in how I treat other people. Humility is not some type of badge that we wear that goes, Hey, look, like a Boy Scout, I've got my humble badge on today. It doesn't work like that. The only way you really reveal your humility is how you come across to other people, how you treat other people, how you love other people, how you serve 
other people. I know years ago there was a, a, an acronym that all churches used for, for different things, and it was the word joy, which stood for what? It stood for Jesus, for others, and then yourself. And it is a way, it was, it was a way to make sure to encourage people to not be simply prideful. It was a way to keep you from rushing to the front of the line, from being that first person. You know, I, when we have a fellowship meal, do you know who always wants to be the first person in line? You know why? Because I love to eat, and I'm afraid if I'm not first, I'm going to miss out on something great that's on those tables. But once I had kids and I got to fix their plate, I've never been first in line ever since. But when we think about that idea of Jesus first and others second, that keeps us, and you can fill in the blank there. I use the fellowship meal as, as, as just a fun illustration, but we've all got those things in our life where, where we want people to notice us. We want people to get that we're the best, and we have to put other people, other people first. Pride keeps eye at the center of the universe, and it's always constantly looking out for myself. And we have to replace I with Christ so that we can be humble. The Bible says, this is one of my favorite verses, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. It says, do nothing, do nothing, not some things, not a few things, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. And he's going to go on and he's going to say, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who being the, in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. Jesus humbled himself. He stepped down out of the throne room. He emptied himself of all of his godliness, and he lived just like you and just like me. And the rest of that passage talks about how far Jesus humbled himself. Of course, one of the greatest stories of humility in the life of Jesus is that as they're getting ready to partake of Passover together, the night that he's going to institute the Lord's Supper, everybody at the table felt that they were too important to do the servant's job. So what does Jesus do? Jesus takes off his outer garment, wraps a towel around his waist, and he begins to wash the nasty, dirty, nasty, gross feet of a bunch of men. And I'm sure that nobody said anything except for Peter, who was like, hey, just give me a bath then, and if that's what it means, you know. He said, this is what humility is all about. That's why the Scriptures say, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Now, the last thing I want to give you this morning, and I want to be easy with this thought because this is one of those things that's maybe true in moments, but not true in all circumstances, and I'm not trying to point fingers or to say that you're, you're struggling with this, but sometimes humility is refined through adversity. And I think sometimes God sees us when we're maybe getting a little too proud, a little too full of ourselves, and sometimes He allows some humbling experiences to come our way. And I believe that's what Jesus meant when He said, everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled. And Paul knew that. Paul had this great vision. He was transported to the third heaven, something that maybe we have trouble comprehending. 
And he saw all these wonderful things that God showed him. And in that context, he wrote, to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassingly great revelation there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. So that's 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And what God allowed Paul to see was great and wonderful, but he also allowed Paul to have a little bit of forced humility. There was something that nagged at Paul the rest of his life so that he wouldn't get too high on himself. The title of my lesson is, is Have a Piece of Humble Pie. I don't remember why I named it that when I, when I sat down and, and wrote it because I wrote this lesson some time ago. But humility, I think, is something that we probably all, at one time or another, we all struggle with. And, and this story is a reminder that it's not about, it's not about moving up it's not about gaining more, but it's bowing before our Father, giving Him the credit, giving Him the glory, giving Him the praise. And one thing that I've seen over and over in life is the more we praise God, the more we give Him credit, the more we bring to Him and offer Him, usually the more He blesses us. And so let's find ourselves to be humble people, to be a humble church, so that we can make a difference in our community, make a difference in each other's lives, and be blessed by a great God. Thank you so much for being with us today. I pray that if you need anything, that you'll reach out to us this week. Let me know. Let one of our elders know. We'll be more than happy to get with you and pray with you, study with you, whatever you may need. Let's close in a word of prayer, and then the morning will be yours. God, thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for all that you do. I pray that you give us a heart of humility. Give us a servant's heart, God, to remind us that this life is not about me, but it is about you. It is about your son. It is about what we can do to bring light to that and to let that light shine in the world. We thank you for the ways that you've blessed us. May we take those blessings as motivation to serve you even more tomorrow. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community.